baby, baby, the Premier League proper is back and my God, was it a delight. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's Monday the 16th of August. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Pete Galls Donaldson. Welcome along, ladies and gentlemen, to a Monday morning off the back of the Premier League proper coming. I think we can call it the Premier mm. League proper because didn't it feel proper? It did. Ten games. So many ten goals. Ten wins. 34 <laughs> goals across all those matches. It was just an absolute treat. It was fantastic. My feet didn't touch the ground all weekend. Mm. It was amazing. <laughs> so good to see full stadiums, fans just going absolutely ballistic. That was it particularly was good. And, and what I really so liked good. is that there were a, a consistent, there was a consistent pattern of of post-match interviews not being able to take place properly because <laughs> fans were so loud still. And I don't know whether that's because we got used to not having fans mm. or whether something's changed, but it was great to hear. What was it, it What was it like sort of doing a show where you had to announce every goal as they went in? You know, it was so different. It's like the first time in ages that we had five Premier League games kicking mm. off at three o'clock, which yeah. is just the return of normal football in this country as we know it. And mm. it was but those so who, exciting. But, but those who watch BT Sport regularly will know that it's the, <laughs> other, little it's, it's the other people doing that while Jules checks our fantasy team. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? When Ings got that last minute penalty, I, I was absolutely like, buzzing. 97th minute or something? Buzzing. We heard oh, Jules in the background on the TV show. Who, who takes the penalties now? Jack Grealish has gone. Jules, Daddy Ings. Jules are off the, bike. Daddy Ings has gone. Daddy Ings. Daddy Ings. Yeah. <laughs> what a weekend though. It was so good. And um, look, we saw last season there was a record number of away wins in the Premier League mm, because yeah. there weren't fans in the stadiums. Just two away wins this weekend, Brighton being one of them. Oy, oy. That's <laughs> yeah. the only mention Brighton are getting in the show because it was probably the least exciting. Keep your powder dry. They're yeah. going to be so good this season. Exactly. Which, the just, they're going to get so many wins this season. Mm. Let's not go too early. Yeah. yeah. You know I'll save I mean? it for next week. <laughs> we'll battle yeah. Watford and it'll be fine. Is it Watford next week? It is Watford next Easy week start at home. For the oh, it's not Easy bad, isn't it? Yeah. Not bad. Um, but let's start off with Spurs, Man City, Tottenham with the win against the champions. I mean, wow. did anyone see that one coming? Well, they I beat him every single did. season. So, yeah, I'd probably did. So. Uh, it was it was um it was a great it was a great blast from the past because you got a transfer saga overshadowing all the preparation for the game. Yes. Oh, yeah. I remember at one point thinking, can I just know who's playing? Because yeah. all I'm hearing is whether Harry Kane's in the car or he's like he's like Roger Moore <laughs> on the Alan Partridge show. Is he's at Chiswick Roundabout? <laughs> who's actually playing? When Luno yeah. was interviewed before the game, and they said is Harry Kane actually in the vicinity? And he was like, I don't know where he is. It's like, yeah. you definitely know <laughs> yeah. where he is. But he's probably thinking, Jules, he's probably thinking, I am a Spurs manager. I'm not Harry Kane's spokesman. <laughs> Ask Charlie <laughs> Kane. Ask Charlie Kane. He probably battery run out on his phone or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a first half where it actually looked like both teams were missing Harry Kane, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it did to, a bit. to a certain extent, but you do sort of think, Kane going into that Man City side, did, would that solve any of the problems, that ponderous kind of like keep ball they played in the second half? Yeah. Like, they looked so unurgent. And I know they've, they, they, they missed a couple of games due to, due to COVID and stuff and they have uh, got a couple of uh, notable absences but you do sort of go that Harry Kane would not solve what, what that issue is in the centre of the park for me left out due to a lack of fitness according mm. to yeah. Nuno because he didn't turn up for training I mean, yeah. yeah it's, it's an interesting yeah. situation I, 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 it's obviously going to trans. there's obviously going to be more news that transpires throughout the week Spurs fans were chanting are you watching Harry Kane as well <laughs> and there's a lot of good memes going around afterwards of him like as Alan Partridge saying can I shock you I like Spurs <laughs> kind of but um, I thought Spurs did really well what was interesting they played 
brilliantly, I thought. So they weathered the storm the first kind of 15 minutes or so, didn't they? And they really grew into the game. And and they they looked, I mean, it was a, it was a really damning indictment of Jose Mourinho's management. I mean, because they looked hardworking, coherent, like together. Mm. Getting showed, stuck in for yeah, tackles, good in, left, right and centre. Tanganga was amazing. Good in good. Yeah, he was really good. And, and I also found that one thing that's, because when, when, when I saw the game, the uh, the team sheet finally, it was like <laughs> I looked at that team and I thought, mm, not sure about that because mm. Ali, Dyer, Sanchez, Bergvine have all really struggled under Mourinho, right? So I know Bergvine's had injuries and stuff, but Dele Ali was almost like the forgotten man. Mm. Eric Dyer, there was talk that he was on his way out. Davinson Sanchez dropped off a cliff under Mourinho, um, and all of a sudden they look great again. They look like they're not scared to make a mistake, which is one of the big criticisms we heard about Mourinho's Spurs. Always desperate not to make a mistake because they're so terrified. Um, and so it looks like the early signs are really good. Now, having said that, Spurs beat Man City at Spurs every every single season. <laughs> so uh, maybe it's not too much to read and, and into. And Man City started started quite slow last season as well. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, they, they were, did. Oh. I remember quite... Weren't they like 10th? Like yeah. yeah, surprisingly <laughs> late in the season, they were about 10th in the league. Yeah, and everyone wrote them off after the first then, 10 games of the season, but you, But you sort of feel that this season there will be challenges. Oh, yeah. they, they didn't have that last season. Nobody fancied Everyone bottled it for me. So, yeah, I think, I think they, they, they may find it a little bit tougher. Yeah, we'll, we'll come on to Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, who all looked absolutely brilliant this weekend mm. as well. And definitely there is going to be one hell of a, a title race, you would assume, this season. I think there will be. I think I so. I think there will be, yeah. won't there? I know yeah. it's only one game and mm. it's a bit ridiculous to talk about a title race already, but there's certainly contenders this year, whereas last year it didn't feel like this after the first game. No, is that no I'm of, not Is it because of the fans? Yeah, maybe. It's all a bit different, isn't it? It's all a bit new. It feels a bit like... It's all a bit new, but at the same time, it's quite nostalgically enjoyable. I, like, literally enjoyed every minute of the weekend. Like, it was the first time in a while that when there was an, another game kicking off, I was like, yes, there's another game about to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas last year, it got to a point where I was like, oh, there's another game I've got to watch. Like, yeah. it became laborious. Whereas <laughs> yeah. now, it's sort of... I was honestly buzzing, and now I can't mm. believe I've got to wait a, another few days for another match. <laughs> yeah, no, it yeah, was yeah. so good. How good was Sonny's goal, though? Great, mm. and, and Spurs did a really good job of like hitting them on the counter. You know, you know, if you if you um, if I was on the Athletic now, I'd say they were really quick in the transition. Yes, okay. I would say they're very, very impressive. Do in it in ten thousand words. Yeah, I will do. Yeah. Um, what does yeah, the sewage system goal. underneath Spurs' <laughs> ground mean for we, the transition? We found out <laughs> <laughs> over the course of his next eight episodes. <laughs> we went through Spurs turds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, it was interesting to see Jack Grealish make a start as well. He was busy as ever. Mm. Two games, a few flashes. two defeats in a City shirt. Yeah, I don't think that's going to carry on through his entire career. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine if he went through his whole Man City career losing every game. He's got his little Keith Lemon like hand bandage on as well. What is that? Yeah. I don't know, actually. Because the reason I ask about that is because... Because um, Keith Lemon's in character when he's got that on. He is. When he takes off, So maybe that's Jack Grealish's right. football character. Yes. Because Jamie Vardy had one for ages in blue, do you remember? Mm. Might have been in their championship winning season. Yeah. And there was talk that he was just keeping it on for superstition re reasons. Yeah. Because oh. footballers can be like that. Maybe Michael Jack Owen should... had a full body one at one point. <laughs> <laughs> just in, in traction. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Jack should take it off and then City might win. Then maybe. Yeah. maybe it's not that's gone so key. well so far. Maybe that's the key. But Nuno's got a brilliant record against Pep, hasn't he? Mm. Three Premier League wins against Man City now. Which is a joint most He should be shared coach. around to every uh, ground. 
just load him in for a week. <laughs> yes, he said, exactly. I, I would have beaten him too, Neil, if he'd stopped asking me questions about Harry fucking Kane. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see him with a smile on his face as well, Nuno, because yes. towards the back end of... Well, was it, it did get, it seemed just a little bit just stodgy and like, it, I, mm. I didn't like watching him being interviewed because he just seemed a little bit stressed. And obviously it was a really tricky season for Wolves last year with Raul Jimenez being out. And that was great mm. to see Jimenez mm. starting, by the way, for Wolves this season. Yes. Um, back on the pitch, back starting for the first time since he fractured his skull. Um, so great to see him back. But yeah, it was good to see a smile on Nuno's bearded face. Yeah. And did you, can I just ask if anyone else heard Gary Neville call Daniel Levy Blofeld? <laughs> right, okay. During the broadcast. Did he? The, the camera went to Daniel Levy <laughs> and then Gary they went, there he is, Blofeld. <laughs> the bad guy from James Bond. <laughs> and I feel, I feel like I'm the only person that saw or heard it because right, I put okay. it in the group and no one replied. Magic. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah. I mean, if you're listening <laughs> and you heard Blofeld. that, get in touch because I definitely, I'm sure I heard him say it. <laughs> I'm going to do a Twitter search for it. Yeah, it was it was very, very funny. But, wow. but a, great, a great result for Spurs and, and, you know, I think... I think people were rightly thinking that it will be tough for them this season. Mm. They've had a lot of change. There's a lot, as you've already alluded to, Jules. There's been a lot, there's a lot of other very very good teams in this division this season. And I know mm. people will say that's the same every season, but I do think that City, United, Liverpool, Chelsea are, are streets ahead. Really, I think, uh, despite the result at the weekend, and it will be tough for Spurs. Um, but I mean, it's a great start for them. It's really the perfect start. start for Tottenham because especially with all the Harry Kane saga and obviously depending on how that unfolds, they needed a result like this, Pete, didn't they? Just to get their season off to a really positive start. Brand new manager, fans back in the stadium, give them something to cheer about and feel positive about mm. because it all just felt really, oh, like what is this season going to be like for us? Mm. Arsenal did the complete opposite on Friday night. They got their season <laughs> off to the worst possible start. The pressure Not for me, I already like on, them, on the manager. <laughs> Whereas for Tottenham, I think they did the, I mean, they got the result that they wanted and it just feels like a little bit of the pressure has been lifted now off of the Harry Kane situation too. Yeah, and Nuno has a bit of a reputation, I think unfairly in, in many quarters for being a bit of a, a bus parker, so to speak. Um, and to see them uh, coming up trumps against a, a fairly decent Manchester City side, it's a great start to the season, yeah. isn't it, for it's a manager? Al- it's also interesting that he went four at the back. The mm. Wolves have been kind of synonymous on the Nuno with playing three at the back. And I just can't stress enough that the, the personnel they had, as I said, like when, when you look at the team sheet, I mean, Oliver Skip played in the middle of the park. You know, he may look 50, but he's not, <laughs> right? And that's a tough ask. One of the toughest assignments in the Premier League, obviously having a great season on loan last season, but he stepped in and did really well. Deli Alley, again, forgotten man, did okay. Dyron Sanchez. I mean, if, if, if you said to a Spurs fan six months ago, first day of the season, you're going to play Man City and you're going to start with Dyron Sanchez as centre-backs, they would have at least rolled their eyes <laughs> but it was fine clean sheet so and Tanganga as you say was great at right back Regulon's a good player we know that at left back Hoiberg's obviously a good player he's had a great summer the squad's a step up from what he's had in, in the previous uh, job surely yeah one. but it's still, a, it's, still a jo- it's still a job on his hands there yeah he was, he oh, was, there's a lot of creakers in there yeah. <laughs> and even if they're not at all they're still creaking can I uh, just chuck in uh, a little um, uh, someone who wrote a message underneath the YouTube Sky Sports uh, video of this match yeah. of the highlights uh, Bruno uh, wrote I was making fries the other day only to discover I had no more oil left I turned around to see a bald man running away with my oil after catching up to him I found it was Pep Fraudiola he said please I just need more oil to win the UEFA Champions League shame on you Fraudiola <laughs> wow. I love the Fraudiola nonsense was it, was it you? it was me speaking of Bruno uh, Bruno Fernandez. Bruno! are you suggesting that was Bruno Fernandez? no I'm not but the geezer's name is Bruno, Bruno. 
Bruno. Yeah. Um, what a start for Bruno Fernandes and Manchester United. This was the game we wanted to see a full house for from last yeah. season. Manchester United leads. Man United absolutely thrashed them. 5-1. Bruno Fernandes got his first hat-trick in the United shirt in the Premier League. Nice to see Greenwood scoring as well. I know. Great finish. It's a brilliant finish. Oh, he, is, he is something else, isn't He's he? a brilliant finisher. You stick him in front of goal, he is putting that ball in the back of the mm. net. What do you think it would take for Graham Souness to be impressed? <laughs> what about <laughs> but just be- if, the, the narrative, and on the BBC as well, to be fair, on their website, like the, the, the only piece about Pogba was, can he do it every week? And yeah. it's like... He's just done it. Yeah. So give yeah. him a couple of days before you ask him that question yeah. because that was an incredible performance. Imagine, imagine if like you you won the lottery, right? And and even though that's nothing to do with you, it's just a, it's just luck of the draw, literally. Yeah. And you got given the big check, and then mm. someone came in and said, "Do it next week." Yeah. About you a millions prick. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I I have never once seen. Um, <laughs> a performance like that four assists in one game it was amazing he was brilliant that was mm. more than he got in the whole of last campaign in yes. one game really wow yeah, he got three the whole of last he, season he was brilliant it was it, you know, I mean it was uh, admittedly partly overshadowed by the fact that Fernandez scored a hat trick because that's mm. always going to get you the headlines and Leeds were very disorganised they were they were, <laughs> they were disappointing and same as they were at Old Trafford last season but I've never seen someone gloss over something so impressive so quickly <laughs> well it's what you expect is it? Is it? Is though? it though? Yeah, because I'm telling you now. He's got five goals because, and he was involved in most yeah, of them. Is it what you expect? Because if he does that every single week, I think that's 152 assists <laughs> in the Premier League this season. And that is a large number. That's a very large number, Graham. So I think you need to reassess that. He was absolutely sensational. That mm. was a performance and a half. I mean, some of the assists, that, and these weren't just like, you know, little tappy assists. No. These, the Balls he was picking up. Oh, it was out. amazing. Were, it was amazing. They were ridiculous. It was actually like, I was actually excited to watch it all again on Match of the Day. And actually, that's another thing. I think because we had the five three o'clock kickoffs, mm. it's the first time in ages I actually got Chunky. really excited about sitting there mm. and watching Match of the Day, even mm. though I'd just watched all of the games at work anyway. Like, it, yeah. was so, yeah. it was so good to watch everything back and just take in all of those goals. All of United's goals were, I mean, so was the Leeds goal, to be fair. Luke Ayling, what a, I was about to say, what a finish He was one. laughing as he hit that shot. <laughs> he was <laughs> already laughing. <laughs> but it's going to be forgotten about now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and again, like, I, I don't think they would have scored that goal if they had that goalkeeper in. <laughs> if Man United had, were forced to have that goalkeeper because he does let those kind of goals mm. in. No, no one's saving shot. that, Pete. No one, no goalkeeper no. is saving that. Nah. If you start your run a little earlier, if I told you where he was going to put it, right, with ten seconds notice, you're not saving that. <laughs> I think. I think. I'll tell you why. Because it's going to hit his. It's going to leave his boot. And yeah. It's going to be in the net in about three seconds. Yeah. The first second and a half, you're going to think, "Fucking hell, he's hit that hard." <laughs> and the, and the he's second, smiling at me. Yeah, I, I think you are before you know it, picking it out the net. I think if you cannot, I was you cannot three more David de Gea, I will be serving that person. No way. It was no right way. in the corner. All right, okay. Jules, don't fucking stand for Listen this. Listen to Pete. <laughs> oh, no. Pete. Just they, saying. It was a good hit, but it, he does have that in his locker where he just he's a bit ponderous getting over it was right or his left. To not save world-class hits. <laughs> you can't, you, like Gary, he's like Gary Neville. They've all year said every shot should be saved. Every shot should be saved. I right. agree. Completely agree. <laughs> Can I also say that um, I was? it was a welcome return to the old school 
to see Rafa Varane oh, unveil before the game. That's I a know. great. That's the way forward. That oh, Varane, Varane could have played in that suit. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing to in do. his loafers. <laughs> yeah. Everyone had been saying, "When is this going to be announced?" Because it was mm. like the the worst kept secret. Rafa, Rafa Varane. How do you say his name? Rafa Varane. Varane. There we go. <laughs> I'm get used to that. Uh, that he was obviously going to become a Manchester United player, but there was just no announcement. And then mm. that was that was like you say, a nice little surprise. It was quite WWE, that. wasn't it? It's yeah, I guess like, so. Yeah, the only thing missing was the music. music. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I think um, I'd like to see more of that. Joe Willick was the same at Newcastle. Yeah, mm. they've obviously taken because to me, like the, the absolute like nadir of all this stuff was when Alexis Sanchez was playing the piano. Playing the piano, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I understand you've got fans all around the world, mm. and it's important, and and the optics are probably better because most of the people who support May United aren't in the UK. Just even, give us a little stuff. platform. Yeah, but let, let the kids in for free. But let him. Let him be unveiled because the crowd gets so up for it. Great, mm. isn't it? Yeah, like, it worked. Joe Willock, the crowd was so up for it. It worked with Newcastle for a bit. Well, Newcastle, Newcastle do that. I mean, they, you know, they're famous kind of ones, Cheer, even Michael Owen and stuff. I, when Messi got inv- unveiled and there was all that hoo ha, I thought there weren't that many people there. I was like, Newcastle did more of that for Shearer. Yeah. Back in the day. Lionel Messi's a much better footballer. I was, I was reading the other day, it might not be true, but I was reading the other day that PSG have already sold a million extra shirts. No way. A million. Nice. A million. Wow. Yeah, could have made that up, that but is... I'm pretty sure I read it. That's crazy. Anyway, may not be brilliant. Yeah. And I thought Leeds really missed Calvin Phillips. Um, they did, they did. I think I was about to say how many, how much of United being as brilliant as they were was down to Leeds being poor defensively, particularly in the middle of the park. I get the impression that with Bielsa, because he's such an overthinker and like a thoughtful guy, I get the impression he works out what he wants to do in, in, in pre-season. Because I think he only signed his new contract about yeah, a week, week ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when it's it starts to go the end wrong, of this season though. Yeah, but I think he always does that. Does he? Yeah, but I think when it, and when it when it doesn't quite work for him, he's very good at tweaking and changing. So mm. I'm, I'm sure I think Leeds will be absolutely fine. Oh, I really yeah. do. But but on the United side, we, you talked earlier, or we mentioned earlier about how many good teams there are. To me, it might literally come down to the because there's four teams, maybe five, that are all really good. It might come down to their results against each other, mm. mm-hmm. and if they if it does, then United are fucked because Solskjaer's record against the, big, the other big teams is poor, and his record in big cup games, for example, is poor. I think the one thing that he's not been they've not been good at is in these big games, and that could be the difference. I think it will be United's home form this season because with the fans back, I think that will massively improve. Last year they were so good away from home, undefeated they, away, and, weren't they? Yeah, and yeah. they really struggled at home, and I think yeah. that that will be completely different. We've seen it in one game already for them. What a difference those fans probably made in that match. So a great start for United. Uh, in that little mini league you're talking about, Luke, at the top, I imagine you're putting Liverpool in there as well. They got off to a, a pretty good start as well, beating Norwich 3-0, Jota Firmino and Salah on the score sheet. Salah got two assists, got a goal for himself as well. It was a very good performance from him, wasn't it, Pete? Well, especially he hadn't scored any in pre-season, mm. <laughs> which was kind of weird. I thought, uh, oh, he might have a bit of a stinking season. But no, he's uh, he's hit the ground running and uh, Klopp changed it up when he needed to and, and, and they got the win. So, uh, yeah, well done them. Have Liverpool ever lost to Norwich? Is that Ooh, ever ever? <laughs> I don't think Jurgen Klopp has ever lost an opening day game in right. the Premier League and Salah has now scored on every opening uh, game for right. Liverpool and he, I think he's the first player to do that five right. seasons in a row. I was reading That's pretty, pretty amazing. I was reading over the weekend I think the last time Nor- Norwich lost to Liverpool was 19 19- last time Norwich beat Liverpool was 1994. Right. right. Liverpool's record against Norwich is absolutely ridiculous. Mm. It, it, it's so predictably good. And um, for them to... Um... Him and Farker are mates as well, aren't they? Are they? I'm sure they would be. Yeah. I'm sure they would be. Cloppy and Farker. They seem quite similar. Yeah. In character, don't they? In Not a just WhatsApp because... group. 
<laughs> well, it just be two of them, wouldn't it? Yeah, the WhatsApp yeah. chat. Yeah. My, actually, my dad added me into a group with just me and him yesterday. Did you? I was what like, was dad, the group what called? Are you doing? What's the title? Just, I, I don't know what he. I don't know what he was doing. Does, does so it, I've got a new phone. I'll work it. Was the group title? Um, Son who is a disappointment to me. <laughs> Some I, sons I, I am disappointed with. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good to see Virgil Van Dyke back out on the pitch, yes. though, wasn't it? There was there was a funny moment in that game. Well, not a funny moment, but like an, I thought an interesting moment in that game at the start when Norwich, I think, had the first early chance. I think Pookie peeled off one of the centre backs and got in, and and, and he didn't score. Yeah, and Cantwell put the ball through. Didn't that's he? right. And Van Dyke was literally jogging, mm. and I thought, is he fit? And then I realised that actually that's how he always does it. He's just so <laughs> calm and good at reading the game that he just like jogs a gazelle, around isn't he? yeah he's a little bit um mm. and um so uh yeah i mean it's great it's great to see him back it's massive for, for liverpool it's also massive that three of their front however many um <laughs> scored as well which yeah. is a big a big deal so um yeah i, I mean it's the first game of the season. You don't get too carried away, but it's a great win for them. I think a lot of people probably didn't put Liverpool in as title contenders if you were doing pre-season predictions or anything like that because of their lack of business in the mm. in the transfer window so far. Um, they've only signed one player. But I think when you look at the contracts that they've renewed over the summer, Virgil van Dijk, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Alisson and Fabinho, that is actually pretty amazing business. And, and having van Dijk back alone and Matip is basically yeah. like two brand new signings because they lost them from like October, November last year. Well, they almost got... played a full season without their two centre-halves. And they've still got Joe Gomez to come back as well. Absolutely. And, and absolutely far like with Van Dijk, I think if he had to take a season, an enforced season out with, with a terrible injury, if he was like 23, 24, I'd, it would take a lot longer for him to get back up. Mm. And I think at his age, I just think he knows the game he's so got well. He's got the head's already there so that so the muscles can can drag behind. Mm. <laughs> um, rather than sign players, what Klopp's decided to do is just distract by having a pop at Guardiola all the time, isn't it? <laughs> he said that Man City have got, quote, no limits to their spending, to which Guardiola um, was fuming about. Yeah, He said... Um, if they don't agree with our spending, they can go to court and make a statement. <laughs> you don't go to court to make a statement. <laughs> what is this? Why, the judge is like, why are you here? I'm making a statement. It's like, what? Can you make a statement anywhere? I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> uh, a good start for Chelsea as well. Brief mention of them and 3-0 win over Crystal Palace. I um, fear for Crystal Palace. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Big time. Big time. New manager, new era, yeah, lost sorry. all of their experienced players. Lots mm. of new signings, none of them really playing. I don't think it's going to go very well for them. No? Sadly. I like, I like Crystal Palace. Will he Palace. get more than seven games, Vieira? I think they'll finish just above Brighton. <laughs> have, you, have you got Crystal Palace to be relegated? No comment. I handed my prediction on time, Jules, so I, I, I need to <laughs> Yes, if Jules does manage to get her prediction, that. she may have put in her suggestions. Jules, Jules's weekend, as far as the ramble is concerned, consists of her calling me the C word on a WhatsApp voice message <laughs> yeah. and then complaining and apologising after that to Finn for not putting the prediction in time. Listen to me, Luke Moore. If you message me before the FPL deadline on Friday and ask me if I've got Lukaku in my team, you are going to get a voice note of that variety, all right? That so... variety. Friday night, 9.30, probably be on the wine. You're a c <laughs> There's your proof. <laughs> any, any comment to make on that? Don't Stand mess by with it. me. Stand by it. <laughs> and also, don't get too carried away when you've had like two players play and you get points from them and then I beat you in the game week anyway. Yeah, All right? yeah fair enough. Jules is sickeningly good at FPL. <laughs> yeah. hate it. Yeah, she is. Right, we're going to take a short break when we return more on the weekend's return of Premier League action. It's just different skills. 
nutmeg, cinnamon and half a teaspoon of salt. And now the special bit is it's going to have quite a lot of booze. Where are you? <laughs> Let's be <having> you! <laughs> Not inebriated Dina Smith, then. <laughs> what do you reckon she was baking? Nutmeg, <laughs> Nutmeg, cinnamon, a pinch of salt, and a lot of booze. Banana Trifle? bread. Banana bread, mate. What did you say? Booze and banana bread. Why not? Can't give booze to banana Why bread. Why not, mate? Stick a bit of rum in there. <laughs> yeah. Might taste a little oh, bit That would better. work, yeah. yeah. That's Lovely. Uh, good to have Norwich back in the Premier League, though. It was great to see mm. their fans back at Carrow Road. Right, let's see how we got on in the first four to score of this season. Uh, remember, entry to Betway's four to score is free. Each week, you can pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly 50 grand jackpot. Yes, it's lovely if you win it. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. And remember, terms and conditions do apply. So the first game was Everton against Southampton. Jim Campbell picked Theo Walcott to score yeah. the first mm. goal. He was wrong. It was their new signing. Adam Armstrong with his first Premier League goal ever. Uh, well done to him. Not well done to Jim. Uh, game two, Norwich against Liverpool. Andy Brassel picked Mo Salah. The result, of course, was Diogo Jota. Salah assist, a little bit closer. Mm. Uh, game three uh, was Marcus's pick, Newcastle against West Ham. He went for Saeed Benrahma. It was actually Callum Wilson, your boy. <laughs> Alan Shearer, esque header. Mm. Yes. Wasn't it? <laughs> Great goal. Um, and the fourth game, Spurs against City. Uh, Kate Mason picked Sonny, and she was correct. One out of four. Yeah. It's Start off a season with a with a with yeah. a correct a kind of correct answer. Yeah. Well, one out of four is not bad. One out of four is better than we do most weeks. So uh, make sure your selections <laughs> are submitted before the first game. You can play for free at betway.com forward slash four to score. Terms and conditions apply. Make sure you're 18 and over to enter and do gamble responsibly. For information on that, head to begambleaware.org. We will be back for another round of four to score on the preview show this Friday. Right, it's now time for this. It's obnoxiously long, isn't it? <laughs> Still going. You're done now, Anthony. Yeah. Thank you, mate. I didn't know Vish. Yeah. That's, that's a bigger contribution than Vish has made in like, the last three weeks. <laughs> um, uh, we've got an email from David Hall. Thanks, David. I, for one, love a Scottish football madness. So I thank my friend Nev, who highlighted this for me. As soon as I heard, I had to tell you all. Peterhead were drawn against Dundee B in the SPFL Trophy, which was the Tonics Caramel Wafer Cup. <laughs> uh, Peterhead have three players on loan from Dundee who refused permission uh, to play for Peterhead and instead turn out for Dundee B. Because three players turned out against them, Peter Peterhead could only name four subs, including their, in Nev's words, uh, unfit player coach. That meant uh, that we got the illustrious keeper playing in outfield due to the shortfall of subs. Peterhead won 2-1. 
meaning they progressed to the next talent round of the trophy, but their three online players are now cup-tied because they lost against the team they play for. <laughs> That's an admin head-scratcher, that one, isn't it? So I think that we always talk about the goalkeeper going, uh, the outfield player going in goal. Mm. This is the goalkeeper playing outfield. Yes. I don't think I've seen that no, in neither. a long time. Pro football, for, for since I can remember. It's really. pre-season kickabout kind of stuff, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Very Harry so. Redknapp Jips. It kind of is, yeah. Mm. Um, we've got another email from Billy. Thank you for that email, by the way, David. Mm. But here's another email from Billy who says, I suggest that we scrap goal difference and in its place, the team with the lower reg- lowest registered squad value is rewarded with the higher league position. Player value in this situation equals the amount the team paid for them. For example, Leicester and Man United are equal on points in the battle for fourth, but Leicester have achieved this points total with a significantly smaller budget and thus nabbed the higher spot. In theory, teams would turn to their academy more and the battles for high-profile free transfers would be heated beyond belief. I quite like that. (laughs) I like that, but you just wonder how much things like... uh... Players would would be signed on weird ambassadorial roles. Yeah, and stuff. <laughs> you'd never again see the undisclosed amount. Yeah, uh, yeah, figure. Yeah, PSG would win a bit. Well, they yeah exactly <laughs> this season. Well, they're free transfers. Yeah, true. That's that's a good that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe it needs to be done by overall wage wage bill or something. Yeah, yeah. but again, yeah. it would just be. And he does clean the toilets every now and again <laughs> for a million pounds a day. He's still getting paid that much. Yeah, but that's for a different job. True, that's actually. not for playing football. So, so he's for a, cleaning his toilets, mate. He's a full time cleaner. Yeah part-time footballer. I reckon like, the, the top players would definitely go for that. Yeah, yeah 100%. Definitely. Keep your emails covered in, guys. Show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble. Right, let's get back to the start of the Premier League weekend then. Friday night, there was so much build-up. The first Premier League game ever at the Brentford Community Stadium. I mean, it's only been open a year, um, in fairness. <laughs> uh, but how good was it to see Brentford win in front of their fans for the first time in the Premier League, the first time that stadium's been full as well, beating Arsenal 2-0. What an atmosphere it was, Pete. It was amazing. It was. And I, I almost think that their second goal had everything to do with the crowd going absolutely wild. It was so nice to see everyone. From a long throw. Yes. You love to see it. If, if that goal had been scored against my team and I was playing for a pub team on a Sunday, I would have been fuming. <laughs> absolutely fuming. Uh, I cannot believe... Look, I, I know people are going to roll their eyes and say, oh God, it's Arsenal, isn't it? It is Arsenal, mm. but we have a duty to still call out how ridiculously bad their application <laughs> is. Like, it's so poor. Like, Ben White looked like a mouse in a maze. He looked like a delivery driver in a, in a, in a horror movie who turned up to, the, to a scene and was now somehow a part of it. 50 million <laughs> yeah. cashed in, didn't we? Cashed well, in. Um, it, was just, it was incredible to me how a team with those resources and those players, and I had a few players missing or whatever, but actually it's not about the players. It's about the application. The application was so poor. Anyone, even a passing football fan, someone who just takes an interest in football, <laughs> would have been able to tell you, just on basic human psychology, Brentford have waited five million years to get in the top flight. Mm. They're playing in front of their fans for the first time, as you said, uh, at home in the Premier League. It's a massive, massive night for them. It's a Friday night. Mm. The floodlights are going to be on. The first game of the season. What you're going to need to do is work really hard. And if you do that for the first 15 or 20 minutes, they're going to lose their momentum, they're going to lose their energy levels, and they're going to get a little bit distracted. Could they do that? No, they couldn't. 22 (laughs) minutes in, Brentford score. Arsenal were fucking shit. <laughs> Absolutely shit. And they were knocking on the door for a long it's time. Though, Emil Smith-Rowe was fun. He was enjoying himself. It is embarrassing. 
absolutely embarrassing. Emmanuel Petit said that I'm gradually losing interest in Arsenal. They don't give me any any emotion. And he was so-called his daughter sued him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of emotions from the Arsenal fans. I can name quite a few emotions. None of them are positive ones, though, no. Manu Petit, are they? Um, look, I think the thing is, is that all of those things you just described there, Luke, the passion from the Brentford fans, the excitement for them being in the Premier League, finally, after coming so close for so many years to mm. getting promoted from the Championship, they're finally there. The fact that Arsenal knew all of that and went into the match and looked like they lacked so much desire and fight in the match was just, they had the opportunity, considering the way last season went, to start this campaign off on a high and it has just gone the complete other way because yeah. it was an absolutely atrocious performance. And yeah. I think it's the attitude, isn't it? It's not really about the individual players and the fact that the team didn't look like they gelled and didn't look like they were playing together. Are they playing for the manager? Lots of people are questioning that. Is Arteta the right man for the job? All of that aside, as individual human beings who are professional footballers, I think Arsenal fans are just gutted to see them go out there and play with such a lack of desire. Yeah, one thing that is sort of symbolises the malaise that the club, I think, is that like they, a couple of players who came in, in fact, maybe three, because obviously Ben White's a brand new signing, and yeah, I'm not going to lay all the blame at his door because... It's not know. all his fault. No, he of course didn't, He didn't have a good game, but I don't think that you can blame both of the goals solely on him. Arsenal shouldn't have allowed those goals to even... No. You know, they shouldn't have allowed them to even get into those areas. Well, I think Leno's probably at fault for the first one as mm. well. Um, although he, got, he weirdly got away with it in the coverage. I thought, I thought he was at fault. I mean, I know he saw it late, but there was quite a big gap at his near post. But the point I was going to make was you look at players like Balogun, Lekonga, White, who's come in, who's, um, who's a new signing... If I'm an Arsenal fan, I want to see them really keen to take advantage, really keen to kind of stake their claim. You know, that old kind of adage about how if you're not in the first team and you really want to be in it and you get an opportunity, you've got to take it. Mm. You've got to show that actually I'm pushing this player in front of me all the way. One thing that's not talked about enough in, in top-level football when we cover it is that, you know, a player who's playing, I don't know, centre midfield for Arsenal, he's, com he's competing against four, five, six, maybe seven other players in that position, in his own club. Yeah. They've got to be so competitive. It just didn't really seem like there was any urgency or any kind of desire to, to be there. And do you know who I feel really sorry for? I feel really sorry for President of Rwanda, <laughs> Paul Kagame. Visit Rwanda and find out what the president thinks. He said after the game, He tweeted. It's football. It's a loss of Arsenal at Brentford. Brentford deserved to win and they did. <laughs> the game itself aside, Arsenal and the fans don't deserve to kind of get used to this. No, I say this as one of the big fans of Arsenal. The change has taken too long to come. <laughs> I agree with Paul. Yeah. Love it. I completely agree with him. PS can Paul Pogba do it every week. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. In Ben White's defence, just going back to the Ben White scenario, for, from, for someone who has watched him very closely over the last season and, and when he was on loan at Leeds as well, particularly last year at Brighton, I think... You know, he is a ball-playing centre-half and he's been brought in at Arsenal to play in that centre-back role. And he is he is a very talented, excellent player. You can't judge him on this performance. He's he was He's got used to, at Brighton, playing with absolute giants. He's played next to Lewis Dunk, who's six foot four, Adam Webster, six foot three, and occasionally Dan Byrne, who is six foot 20. Yeah. Six foot, so he is used to playing with these other big, towering centre-halves and, and other defenders. At Arsenal, it's going to take time to get used to a new defence. Yeah. And so I don't think that the blame can be can be put on him. I think because of his price tag, everyone was expecting a lot more. I think what Arsenal are really lacking is a leader. 
who yeah, is the leader in this team? And of, of course. course, they were missing Obama, Aubameyang and Lacazette. And, you know, those are two senior players in the squad who probably would would be leaders, I suppose you could say, and obviously scoring the goals. But they just lack leadership for me. And there, there just doesn't seem to be any of that there. And I don't even know if that comes from the manager. Ben White's playing alongside Pablo Murray, who is six foot four, to be fair. <laughs> the key difference is... He's not very good. <laughs> and that is that is a problem. They they covered, didn't they, a lot um, about Ben White's kind of um, record in aerial duels. That's no, not that good for compared to other centre-halves and all the rest of it. He's going to have to get used to that. Yeah. He's going to have to... If you're paying 50 million for a defender, I know the fee depends on a lot of different factors, but it's a, it's a, it's a hallmark signing, right? It's a big-name signing, really. He's obviously broken into the England squad. He's cost that amount of money. He's got to be able to step up and say, look, we need to be better as a defensive unit, a team within a team. And it's it's not fair to to judge him on that one game where Brentford were, you know, like rabid dogs all over the pitch. He needs help around him. He didn't get it. It's going to be a very, very long season for Arsenal unless they make big changes. But unfortunately, the malaise comes right from the top of the club. I mean, the, the, the ownership is just as bad, if not worse, you know. And I, I think Brentford deserve a lot of credit. Their intensity was very good. Um, I can't believe Arsenal they approached the game. The, they yeah, I, I can't believe Arsenal approached the game the way they did. Um, if you can't be better than that on the opening day, there's no hope for you. But Brentford were fantastic, and you know Arsenal were a big name in the Premier League for a good reason, and that's a big scalp for them, and they should be very proud of themselves. Um, but it was just all so predictable. I absolutely love Thomas Frank. Oh, <laughs> he's great. Yeah, like. oh, he is just, I love him. Like I've interviewed him before and he's a he's such a nice guy. Whipping the crowd up on these Yeah, he, he was. A, a, and a, a lap of honour at the end as well. Mm. Bit too much. I was a bit worried about that. But you know <laughs> the same way that, Ingl- Pete, do you remember when we were talking about England in, in, the, in the Euros and talking about how like, we don't want him to get too carried away by getting to a semi or getting to a final. Mm. And what Southgate did pretty well was he's able to probably say to them at the end of that night, right, as soon as we get up again tomorrow morning, we start again. Mm. Brentford have got to do that because yeah. the scenes on Friday night, <laughs> yeah. it, was like, it was like they won the Premier League. I loved it. And they were like, look, we're going to celebrate, to be fair. We've got a couple of days off. Yeah. Christian Norgard, who scored the second goal, said, look, we're, we're going to celebrate. Of course we are. It's a massive, it's a historic day for them. Yeah. Enjoy it. Oh, uh, Frank um, celebrating with a couple of the supporters after the miss. I was like, oh, mate, I've, I've missed this. I got a bit teary to it. Yeah, yeah there was that lovely picture, Boosnigan. wasn't there, of him um, ben, holding yeah. the face of one of the fans, wasn't yeah. it? It was just, oh, just <laughs> lovely. Lo- loved it, loved it. Well done. Speaking of Brentford. tears, what about Newcastle, Jules? <laughs> yeah. Pete, Pete Dawson's tears. What went wrong there? West Ham beating Newcastle 4-2. What a game, by the way. One of the games of the weekend. Oh, it was spectacular, end wasn't it? End. end to end to end. And Freddie Woodman's yeah. end. <laughs> More, more than others. Hey, is there a more chilling sentence in football? Is there anything mean? more chilling than John Joe Shelby starts despite a lack of pre-season minutes? <laughs> <laughs> it was actually SM that got uh, dispossessed for their third, I think. I can't really remember to be honest, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it got a little bit messy uh, at the end. I do love Matt Ritchie, but Christ, he can't defend for Toffee. <laughs> Stevie Bruce said they need to sharpen up. Oh, shut up, Brucey. Just, just. Just be quiet for a few weeks, all right? <laughs> Just be for quiet. But I mean, the, the first goal, uh, ASM flicking it in for uh, oh. for, the, for the number nine. Oh, oh yes, please. Good, the it? new number nine. The, yes. Yeah, yeah. What about that? The, the switch of the shirts. <laughs> uh, Joe yes. Linton's. It's been taken away from you, my son. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, and Willock was uh, um, uh, paraded before before the match. He was watching the um, game. Come on, you Maggies. That's what he says. Did he really? Come on, you Maggies. Did he? That's Not then, like earlier last season. He was watching the game with his mum and dad, wasn't he, as well? That yes. was so cute. His mum was getting well into him. it. Yeah. yeah. Very lovely. But I mean, it started off pretty well for Newcastle. You? It did. They were very yeah. direct. They were very industrious. And but, I thought they did okay, by the way. They, I mean, they did. They, they didn't embarrass say. themselves. I've seen them play a lot worse on the first game of the season. But uh, yeah, I, I thought, I, to be honest, I thought Matt Ritchie played really well. I, I just... I like Newcastle when he's in that side, to be honest. But it it was just very Newcastle are at their best if we can say the word best um, when they don't have the ball. But when um, they they go a goal down, they don't. You know, if, if it was three was it three two at one point, um, they they just don't have a plan to, mm. to get themselves out of it really. So, yeah. but they, they kind of they kind of they started off well. They got pegged back with a weird goal, mm. and then they went ahead again, didn't they? Mm. And then all of a sudden, in about. 12, 13 minutes, they conceded, it's in, obviously in the second half, mm. they started the second half very poorly and before they knew it, half an hour left or whatever it was, they were 4-2 down and then that was that really. Yeah. But they showed a lot. I mean, they showed a lot going forward. So Maximan was excellent. He was really busy. Mm. He, he's kind of the player that Newcastle fans love, right? Because everything is, it feels like something's going to happen whenever he yes. got the ball, which yeah. is did you, did you see when he um, when he made Declan Rice go a bit dizzy? Oh, it was amazing. Yes. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw Vish's tweet about it. Vish <laughs> said um, something like, uh, Alan St. Maximum has turned Declan Rice into risotto. Top, <laughs> top tier, Vish. Top tier. Do those on the show, Vish. I know. <laughs> oh, it was lovely, that. Yeah, but 84 minutes in, you're chasing the game and they bring Sean Longstaff on. You're like, you don't really have that much of a bench, really, do we? Jarl <laughs> Linton, Ryan Fraser and Sean Longstaff came on, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, props to West Ham though what a comeback from them I thought they looked absolutely brilliant and mm. side Ben Rama he could be a, a, a big part of this West Ham squad this season took him a while to get going mm. last year uh, he's had a really good pre-season hasn't he Ben Rama and on the score sheet yesterday set one up as well I believe so yeah, yeah he did very well did brilliantly um, I think obviously the, the, the absence of Jesse Lingard means that he might get a little bit more of a look in Stuart uh, Pearce said on the radio this morning they're still looking to sign Jesse Lingard. Oh, are they? Okay. Mm. But Ben Rama was obviously fantastic in, in the championship for, for Brentford and it was it was interesting when he came to the Premier League and it might not be the most outrageous thing in the world for him to need a bit of time to settle in and find his feet. He's a very, very talented player. He's an absolute baller. So it'd be great to see him a lot more uh, this season if we can. I think uh, he'll do well. I, I thought he was excellent against Newcastle. He was. But it was one of those games where... You know, in in a weird way, similar to the Man United Leeds game, where it all felt a little bit out of control, a little bit open. And I loved the, it. And in the Man United Chaos. game, it was in the Man United <laughs> game. Obviously, Pogba was the one with the clear head, just doing everything, and Fernandez doing his usual thing. In this game, it felt like the kind of game where, okay, if if you're going to get that much space and you're a creative player, you're going to get as much joy as you want. Mm. And then the Antonio goal, the breakaway goal, mm. um, was great. Brilliantly finish. Yeah, brilliantly taken as well. I mean, he's he's a really underrated player, Michael Antonio. He can play anywhere. And I know, I know he said, didn't he? He said that he wants to be the number nine for West Ham because I don't really have one now. Mm. Um, and you know, he started off the right way. It's the Newcastle short blanket. <laughs> you can mm. either attack or defend, but you, you can't, can't do both. both. The same, the same, yeah, down. okay. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Right, another chaotic game. Watford back in the Premier League beating Aston Villa 3-2. Mm. I think that was quite a surprise result because, of course, Villa have lost Jack Grealish, but they've made some really good signings, uh, including Danny Ings being one of them who got the penalty late on which gave them a little bit of hope. It was proper late on, 97th minute penalty, but they still pushed for an equaliser, Villa. But Watford, first half, were absolutely 
brilliant. I thought they looked really good. And under their new manager, Cisco Munoz, I think they had the best re home record in the championship last year and they've carried that on now. I think it's a club record, 10 home wins in a row for Watford. What a start for them. Yeah, and, and Aston Villa have got a new load of new players to, to kind of bed in. And you don't want them to go down, I mean, it's a slightly different situation, but you don't want them to go down the whole Fulham route where they just sign loads and loads of players mm. because they can. Well, they brought Hernandez back in, haven't they? Who's been on loan all over the gaff and he... No, that's Watford, Peter. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're talking about Aston Villa. I probably didn't make that clear. But Hernandez <laughs> was, was a really interesting one because he comes back in, is it his first game for them? Mm. And he, and he signed for them three or four years ago. Yeah. And he scored an amazing goal. goal. It was an absolute peach. If There's I, no keeper saving that. No, true, actually. <laughs> if, if um, well, in your mind, maybe uh, Martin, I should, uh, Martin I should, <laughs> should have fucking said it because he's in my fantasy team. <laughs> but, um, but if I was a Watford fan, I'd be thinking, why, why have you been hiding him away? Yeah. That's but, what he's capable of. But it was of. a weekend of really good goal. McGinn's hit was astonishing. Oh, beautiful goal. Set oh, up that was beautifully for well, a perfect volley. Oh, wow. Fantastic. That but, Hernandez goal was with his first touch as well. Wow. Was it? Mm. That's he was on, amazing. He was on the pitch for about a minute and it was his first touch. I think he'll start next week. <laughs> yeah, he probably will. Uh, yeah, what a game that was. Really exciting. Um, just a brilliant result for Watford. Just in time to play Brighton next week. Right. Ah, be an interesting one. Yeah, that. it will be an interesting mm. one. Uh, bit of a mention for Jamie Vardy as well. Leicester beat Wolves 1-0. Vardy on the score sheet howling at the Wolves fans howling after, after he scored. Of course he did. The shithousery's back. <laughs> it's, just great. it's just great to see him. He's, he's completely ageless. Completely <laughs> ageless. I'm looking forward to him. He, maybe looked, he looked very aged in the Community Shield. <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh... Maybe he's a beneficiary of it. Yeah, maybe. Little dip into the championship as well, boys, before we go. Um, the lunchtime game on Saturday. I mean, just torrid for Wayne Rooney yet mm. again. Uh, they were 1-0 up um, in the 90th minute and they conceded a 91st and a 99th <laughs> minute winner against Peterborough to lose 2-1. Yeah, with, with the Oof. preparation they've had though, sleepy Wayne's probably gone, look, that's probably all right to you. I'll take that yeah. to That 99th minute winner <laughs> in Fergie time as well. Yeah, Darren, yeah. Darren Fergie time. Yeah, very <laughs> nice. Runs in, the, runs in the family. There you are. Um, another honourable mention for Mitrovic, who opened the scoring in Fulham's 5-1 uh, win over Huddersfield with one of the worst goals of all time, very Mitrovic-esque. We, we don't see that sort of thing very often. Yeah, we, we try and avoid just describing goals on this show because it's a bit boring. But I mean, really. He fell off. If you've not seen this one. <laughs> I mean, so good. He was closing down the goalkeeper who tried to clear the ball and the exact moment the keeper cleared the ball... Mitrovic fell over. Yeah. It hit his knee and looped up into the net and went in. It, that's the thing. It didn't even like barrel into the net. It looped. So there was still some like, oh, like somebody, someone was there. I, th I think it might have been the worst goal of all time. So <laughs> you, you, know, you, know, you know, you sometimes see those like football nostalgia accounts on Twitter where they show like amazing goal mouse scrambles that go on for like 50 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like in the 80s. Yeah. That aside, that is the worst modern goal you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah, it really it, was. It was incredible. It still counts, though. Obviously, still, still counts. counts. Massive still win counts. for Fulham as well. And they won 5-1, yeah. Mm. First win mm. for Marco Silva in charge there. Um, right, uh, it was an amazing weekend of Premier League football, but there was a little bit of sad news. It was announced last night that Bayern Munich and Germany legend Gerd Müller had died at the age of 75. I mean, we could wax lyrical about the achievements he had obviously scoring the winning goal in the 1974 World Cup final and still the record goal scorer in the history of the Bundesliga, which Lewandowski was pushing close to uh, last season. Um, but yeah, really sad news. He'd been diagnosed with Alzheimer's in 2015. 
and unfortunately passed away last night. Yeah, a little bit too young to remember him as a player. I think he retired or he was out in in in, in the US by the time I was born. But um, I grew up um, in a very football-loving family and, and the talk of Gerd Müller was always uh, just about how great he was. I mean, he was posting messy numbers yeah. and Ronaldo You numbers. talk about prolific back in, back in the day. I mean, <laughs> his international goal scoring record for West Germany, 68 goals in 62 games. Incredible knack from what I've seen on the footage of him that's still available to watch, of just being able to score goals from nothing all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in, in a kind of Gary Lineker, kind of Ian Rush type way, but with just way, way bigger numbers. You know, three uh, European Cups, as you said, the European Championship win with West Germany. Incredible um, contributor to the game of football. Uh, an all-time legend, really. One of the great ones. Um, so rest in peace. There's a there's a shot in the Guardian uh, this morning of uh, him scoring against Australia in '74, and he looks like he's just lying down doing a header, <laughs> but he's really high in the in the air. He he was he was <laughs> like from what I could make out because he was quite short and squat, and um, he was just amazingly quick yeah. over a short period of, period of space, like the first couple like of yards. Yeah. I just don't know if people know how to defend it. How to defend against him, you know? Yeah. Um, incredible. So mutton chop score past you. Yeah, indeed. Um, uh, ranked ninth in Europeans uh, Player of the Century as well. So that's how good he was. Yeah. Uh, incredible, incredible contributor to the game, and you know, and, and all the best to his uh, to his family and friends. Yeah, a real legend. Right, that's all from us today. If you are looking for another football podcast, The Offensive is back for its fourth series. If you like the sound of the thick of it meets the Premier League, then you'll love it. Search The Offensive in your podcast app and give it a listen. Uh, Pete, you're back tomorrow alongside Jim and Marcus. Enjoy that. It's been good to see you boys. Great to have the Premier League back, wasn't Fantastic it? Fantastic to have it back. Great we to have The Offensive it. back as well, by the way. I listened to it on the way in this morning. Brilliant, brilliantly funny show. Uh, if I was to say to you, that in that episode you're talking about there this morning that came out this morning, the first one of the new season, they do a whole thing around R. Kelly's bump and grind nah. to Stephen Bergvine. That's the kind of thing, <laughs> that's the kind of thing you're looking for. It's, it's fantastic. Well, well worth a listen. But yeah, great to be back and, and good to see you, Jules. Good to see you, Pete. Good to see you, boys. See you soon. Thanks for listening, guys. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.